Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for September the 15th, the Memorial of Our Lady of Sorrows. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. John, chapter 19, verses 25 to 27, three short verses, 25, 26, and 27 of the 19th chapter of John. And today, the church holds up for us to honor the Blessed Mother as Our Lady of Sorrows. Yesterday, we celebrated on the 14th the exaltation or the triumph of the cross, and we spoke about that yesterday. Today, we stay with the cross but this time our focus shifts to the foot of the cross and those witnesses who are there as Jesus breathes his last. This particular short episode is short in verses, but so pregnant with meaning, not only at the time, but also for each and every one of us and for the church. We often have a view of the Blessed Mother as living this kind of blessed idyllic life where everything is blue skies and green lights, no speed bumps, no detours, no traffic jams, that her life was a life lived on the superhighway of speed from beginning to end, from her birth to her assumption into heaven crowned as the queen of heaven and earth. Such, of course, is not the case, and scripture is very clear. In the Gospel of St. Luke, for example, right from the beginning, when Joseph and Mary present Jesus on the eighth day as prescribed by the law of Moses, the firstborn son is consecrated to the Lord, They go to the temple, and there we encounter Simeon along with Anna, two very, very uh, holy and very, very dedicated people to the love of God. And when Mary is presenting uh, Jesus uh, to be circumcised and dedicated to the Lord at the temple, Simeon says to her that this child of yours is meant for the rise and the fall of many, and a sword shall pierce your heart. To love Almighty God, to love Jesus, is not to live a fairy tale life, not even and most especially for the Blessed Mother. She wonders what this could mean. Well, it will unfold as life progresses because she will have a sword, no doubt, pierce her heart. Uh, For example, very slightly, but when they lose Jesus, uh, when he's about 12 years old, and they frantically search for him, and they finally find him in the temple, 
and Mary is very frustrated and concerned and anxious. Your father and I have been looking for you. We didn't know where you went. And Jesus says, don't you know I must be about my father's work? And it is the beginning of Mary's separation from Jesus, not spiritually, but physically, because he will begin his work years later in which he will leave and become the itinerant preacher, the son of God, who travels throughout Jerusalem, Judea, the surrounding areas, preaching the kingdom of God and inviting all to repent of their sins, receive God's mercy and forgiveness, and begin to live the new life, the new life that Jesus will bring them. But Jesus also experiences rejection hostility from the religious authorities as well as from the uh, political Roman authorities. There will be times of rejection. They even try to kill him several times, to stone him, to throw him off a cliff, drive him out of the city. His life is not one of these bed of roses, as we say. It is a life of carrying the cross daily, and Mary will do that as well. The Blessed Mother, the model of discipleship, uh, the model of the church. She is the one who carries Jesus, not only at the incarnation, but throughout the whole of her life, she carries Jesus in her heart as every Christian is called to carry Christ, which means that our hearts, too, will be pierced. For the call to discipleship is to experience the hostility of the world, the hostility of the forces of the evil one in faithfully following Christ. And we have to remember that in the way of the cross, uh, one of the stations, uh, Mary, Beholds her son carrying the cross down the streets to the hill on Calvary where Jesus will be crucified and put to death. And in our reading, it's a very simple, direct, but very powerful reading, isn't it? Remember the disciples. One denied Jesus, Peter, one betrayed him, Judas. And Matthew tells us the other ten ran away. They forsook him. Each went to their own home after his arrest. And there at the foot of the cross, St. John tells us, and this story is particular to the Gospel of John, referred to often as the fourth gospel, John tells us that at the foot of the cross, we have his mother, Mary. Also, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, the woman of sin who met Jesus 
and the chain of sin, the whole of Satan, was broken by the forgiveness and mercy of Jesus. And Jesus, looking down from the cross, sees also Mary with the beloved disciple whom we attribute to be St. John, the writer of the fourth gospel. And Jesus says to his mother, woman, there is your son. And he says to the disciple, there is your mother. And from that hour onward, the disciple took her into his care. What a beautiful, what a beautiful uh, and, and, and poignant scene that is. Jesus from the cross hands his mother over to the beloved disciple. From the cross, Jesus continues to be concerned, to care and to love for the mother who 33 years before had said yes to Gabriel at the Annunciation. And now Jesus hands over his mother to the beloved disciple who takes her into his home and cares for her. And that's what the Lord does for us, isn't it? He hands over the Blessed Mother to us to live within us, to advocate and intercede for us, to plead our cause, to plead our needs to Almighty God. So we can only imagine the suffering during the Holy Week that the Blessed Mother experienced, the suffering of seeing her son arrested, condemned, brutalized, carrying a cross through an angry, uh, blasphemous crowd, nailed to a cross between two thieves. And Mary, beneath the cross, with the other witnesses. And at the end, she receives her son, that uh, powerful statue sculpture of Michelangelo, the Pieta, the pity, the suffering, the sorrow. For that is the result of sin. That is the sorrow, the sorrow of what sin causes. Sin separates from God, uh, separates us from God and causes a great deal of sorrow. The Lord is sorrowful every time we turn away from him, the effects of sin on our souls. And yet we also know that our Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Sorrow, will also become Mary, the Queen of Victory, for she will be assumed into heaven. And has she received Jesus from the cross, he will receive her into heaven at the Assumption when she is spared death and brought into the very presence of God and reunited with her son, St. Joseph, and the communion of saints. 
And so today our minds and hearts turn to the Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Sorrow. Let us be one with the beloved disciple who took Mary into his care. Let us take Mary into our hearts in our times of sorrow, in our times of the need for repentance, our time in which we experience the effects of sin, our own sin and the sins of others, perhaps our loved ones. And let us look to Mary, for Mary understands deeply sorrow, for she experienced it in the depth of her being. She's not indifferent, nor is she unfamiliar with suffering, with sorrow. But she also knows the glory and the faithfulness of God to all who remain faithful. May we make a place in our hearts to take Mary, the mother of Jesus, the mother of God, into our hearts and one day be in the very presence of God for all eternity. God bless you.